You're listening to The One Room with a View Show. With Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to The One Room with a View Show with me, Christopher Preston. And joining me as always is the mad titan himself. It's Mr. Dan Orton. <laughs> yes, this this does put a smile on my it face. It does. You've assembled all of the Infinity podcasts. I There's have. us. There's the Empire podcast. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do the world a favor and <laughs> and end at least wipe one out one. half of them. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of wiping out half, what is coming up on tonight's uh, show? Well, we're sort of doing. I mean, I guess this is a kind of quasi Avengers special. We, yeah, we, we not are, unlike Infinity War itself. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got everything, hopefully it's everything you listeners have ever wanted in a podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> you making promises we can't afford <laughs> to, to keep. Checks we can't cash. So we are, if, the, if it's not already obvious, we're, we're reviewing Avengers Infinity War, which was, we've waited all months to do it. it was, you know, we've been waiting a decade to do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I suppose so. So yeah, some film old, some film new. Our some film new is Avengers Infinity War, which was out just the other day at time of recording. And then our song from old, we're going right back to the very beginning, 10 years ago, where it all started with um, uh, that original Incredible Hulk film. Yeah. John, John Cho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Eric Banner one. Yeah. Ang Lee's Incredible Hulk. That was the Ang Lee's Incredible Hulk. No, we are, of course, going right back to 2008's Iron Man. And then for the rest the of the show... The big bang for the universe. Yes, effectively, yeah. The back when, you know, I think Marvel Studios was working out of a shed on a, on a back lot in yeah, Hollywood. You know, no one really knew what was going to happen if, if, if Kevin Feige's grand plan would... Look, Fage, we've made a commitment <laughs> Sorry, here. Sorry, Kevin Feige. Kevin We've made a commitment, we're going to see this through. <clears throat> I wonder if I could get that, slip the one past <laughs> <laughs> so no one knew if old Kev's plan would play out. He had this grand idea, okay. you know, we're going to do all these films and it's all going to come together into this big shared Well, universe. people thought he was mad, didn't they? He yes, was the, the mad titan. Mad titan, titan yeah. Yeah. Right, what else are we doing? Well, in honour of, of, of Avengers, we're, we're bringing back which Chris said this, which mm. we haven't played in a very long time, and because there are so many Chris's involved in Avengers, yeah. we're, we're using... I'm in good company, aren't I? <laughs> You're in very good company, yes. Also, listeners may remember a couple of podcasts back, you set me a challenge... A dastardly one. A dastardly challenge to watch 1990s Captain America. Believe it or not, listeners, Captain America, the first Avenger, is not the first time Captain America has been on the screen in live action. There is a, uh, yeah, this film from 1990, which I cannot wait I can't to wait to hear about. more about it. I don't know anything about this movie other than it's not supposed to be that great. <laughs> and I wish I knew less. I really do. Are we talking things off? Oh, we thought we'd just... Whilst we're talking about Infinity War, let's just do the whole hog and the whole damn. Let's just talk about ten years of Marvel Studios films and what a great thing the MCU has been to the world of cinema. Shall we crack on? Let's. Some film old, some film new. Thank you, Christopher. Yes, this feels like quite a big moment. I know we did. 50th show a couple of months back, but this no one cared about that. No one cared about that. I don't care about that. This is the this is the big thing. This, you know, actually talking about it with you now, there's a sort of a sense of weightiness to it. This is a culmination. It's a culmination. Like we've been of, of a decade's worth of films. We've been the, the, later this year, in the latter half of this year, we will have been broadcasting for eight years together. We started in uh, November 2010, so it does feel like we've kind of seen what 
Yes, and I mean we've reviewed of we've this universe. We've reviewed a fair few of them, I'm sure, um, over the years. Yes, uh, absolutely, both on the radio days and this. Like yeah. we must have done a lot of these movies. So yes, this does feel like we're we're culminating yeah. with something. So here we are: some film old, some film new. Iron Man, Phasm Nate, Avengers: Infinity War, 2018. I'm ever so slightly worried before we begin, because Dan usually has this kind of like brown almanac kind of where he keeps all of his notes and keeps... Generally, he's like the chair of the, of the meeting. He knows what's going on. Now, I've never... I don't think we've seen a movie where there have been so many... Um, ro- like a roster of talent. And, and this is the only podcast I've ever seen where the almanac is nowhere to be seen. I just thought there was no point. Okay, I, fair I, enough. I, I mean, well, just a, check the poster. A, it's been a, it's been a busy few weeks. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't going to... I mean, I'd, I'd end up with a, you know... <laughs> Cobble Tunnel Syndrome. Syndrome. <laughs> to write out every single... You look like Ulysses Claw. There are like 104 cast members. There are, aren't there? I think yeah. there are officially something like 36 main characters. Well, Possibly. That, I mean, look at that poster. Um, it's the yes, only time just, I think I've ever seen in a poster where they've had to kind of go. Um, it's like enjoyment. I mean, I, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a, a geek when it comes to this sort of thing, but I, I'm, I'm so curious. I'd love to be in a fly on the wall in the agent, the negotiation. negotiations as to where, which name went where, and who got what credit. Bizarrely, I mean, to go into weird Manutai for a minute, Chris Pratt gets the and, and credit. And Chris Pratt, yeah. And I remember um, when that poster was released, I think on like final trailer day. That that took a lot of dissection because people were like, yeah. wow, that like that's he must have great a great uh, agent. His agent's great, yeah. Um, and you know, and I think Chris Hemsworth gets above Chris Evans for the first time since I don't know the first Avengers. I'm not sure. Exactly. But the end credits of uh, sorry, uh, we're the only podcast I think that's going to do this. <laughs> you can't so lose anywhere else. Buckle up. The end credits for Infinity War didn't actually follow that. I think Hemsworth was the second build. But Pratt again got the and Chris yeah, Pratt. Right, right. So there's uh, some well there. Yeah, but anyway, we digress slightly. I will um, pick that point up later on, though. There's something I want to talk to you let, about. Let's do plots. But although, let's say for, to begin with, we are going to spoil this film. Yes. Rotten. For totally, anyone. If yeah. If you haven't seen it yet. Sometimes we're a bit um, fairer and do a non spoilerific. We're not going to bother this. If you this haven't one. seen it, skip ahead to like uh, 25 minutes into this podcast. I'll be honest with you. With the theatres that I've seen, I've seen this twice now. And I think if you're not listening to this, you probably are watching it. It feels like most of the... (laughs) Everywhere you look in London, there's just like tumbleweed everywhere. I think you and I are the only people not seeing it right now. Yeah, I feel Um, like we've just survived, we're just post-annihilation, aren't we? And we're just looking around, (laughs) me and you. I I don't know if this is Morse coding currently out there. It's just... If you're listening. (laughs) Distress signals and the podcast. Head to SW12. (laughs) (laughs) For which Chris said this. Right, okay. Which one do you want to do? I'll do do you want to do Iron Man? I'll do Iron Man. Man, I'll do it. So, so Iron Man, that came out 10 years ago, which is crazy. I could um, remember seeing it, yeah. This is the first, because I mean, obviously, they 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 sort of done, um, there's been other Marvel films, obviously, Marvel, lots of Marvel characters have been on cinema, but this is the first time Marvel Studios had made something, I think. Yeah, um, it was always in conjunction. Well, with, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was the first sort of, this is the first look we get at the MCU, and I tell you what, actually, no, I'll get into that later, I'll do the plot now, just very quickly. Tony Stark... Billionaire playboy philanthropist. He is out on a he's out trying to sell some missiles to the America to the US Army out in Afghanistan. His convoy gets attacked, he gets kidnapped. Basically immediately as immediately, well. Immediately, yeah. We, we go straight in with the action. He's there in a convoy. Um, it's all fun and games that you know, soldiers all, you know, join the company of the famous. It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye, Dan. It's all fun, yeah, it's all fun and games until someone machine guns your your um your, mate. your, your, your vehicle. He gets injured, uh, ironically, by one of his own Weapons and is taken hostage by the Ten Rings terrorist group, uh, thinly veiled Taliban kind of. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. although of course riff. fans of the comics will know that Ten Rings is 
is a is a direct sort of um, link to you know ma uh, main Iron Man villain, the Mandarin. Yeah, the bloke from anyway, Croydon. He gets kidnapped. He uses basically he creates the first Iron Man suit to escape, and the rest of the film follows his attempts to create better suits. The evolution, uh, whilst also dealing with nefarious. Um, businessman out to out to get him yeah um, and sets a kind of very much the the template yes. for which films the marvel films would follow like practically a decade later mm. juxtaposing that we're going to be looking at infinity war as well of course which um is the culmination of basically every every one of the 18 movies to date yes although with ones particularly in mind so realistically it's thanos who was teased at the end of Avengers in yeah. 2012 yeah. Uh, it's his mission to extract and unite the Infinity Stones in order to create this kind of universal new world order he wants to half the population of the universe so that the other half can thrive essentially his argument is that the universe is finite the resources are finite and there's not enough to go round prosperity can only ensue with much smaller numbers uh, he has to do battle with the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy and basically every other character that you've seen that's still standing yeah. over two hours and 40 minutes. Yes, and you know, will he or will he not succeed in his goal is the uh, is the big question. See it or have it spoiled by us in the <laughs> next, next 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, I know we're both chomping at the bit to talk about Infinity War, but yeah. I think just for the sake of... Let's get Iron Man out of the let's way. Let's talk Iron Man for a bit. So, I mean, there are no, I mean, I will say, you, know, you, you talked about Infinity Stones there, which only really start to become a thing um, in, Avengers. in Avengers. You know, that's when we start to actually know what Infinity Stones are. Up until that point, the, the phase one of the Marvel Universe, and I'll tell you what, they've really mapped out very well. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Iron Man, no mention of Infinity Stones. We get a mention of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the form of Agent Coulson. I had forgotten about this. I tell you what, it was so fun to watch Iron Man again the other night. You're right. Of recording this, because I haven't seen it in years, I don't think. Um, and the first time I saw it, I think, was on a you know on DVD at, um, at home on a Friday night. Oh, I really? I missed the cinema release, and it just happened to be, you know, I, I had no idea, really. Iron Man, to me, was... My viewing has more tragic undertones, actually, if oh, you no. want to hear it. It's like my tragic origin Go story on. here. Yeah, right. So, um... <laughs> My, I went to an all-boys school that had a, a somewhat mixed sick form. But there was an all-boys school and then up the road there was an all-girls school. Right. And we decided to go and see it in protest of not being invited to the girls' prom. So me and my little nerdling mates decided, well, go to the cinema instead. And we went to go and see Iron Man. And, I, and our I lives were that, changed forever. I bet that really... Ten years later, <laughs> I'm still seeing them. <laughs> I bet that really stuck it to the girls. It, do you know what? I heard ripples, Dan. Ripples went through that. So yeah, that was my slightly more tragic Good Lord. scene of it. Tragic in the sense of pathetic, is what we're saying. Not synonyms, sad. synonyms. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> semantic. Don't argue with me on this, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> so it's... It is, it's sort of exactly how you'd want an origin film to be. Yeah, it, it's... With that wonderful twist at the end where he actually... I mean, if you've not seen Iron Man by now, for God's sake, it's been ten years. Yeah, that's going to be the least of your spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis is dead. That wonderful twist at the end where he actually does... He does reveal. He goes against all protocol. You know, the, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. want him to sort of keep quiet. Rhodey wants him to sort of just stick to the script. And he just says, you know what? I, I am Iron Man. And it's... Uh, that that delivery, that one moment, um, is a perfect encapsulation of the Tony Stark character. That's exactly who he is, and who he is throughout the rest of the you know 
And we shouldn't forget that this came out in 2008. I think May 2008, because it must have been just as I was finishing secondary school. Mm. So we are apparent, well, we're roughly about probably somewhere around 60 days away from the Dark Knight landing. And as much as I love Batman Begins in the Dark Knight yes. and the Nolan stuff, the Iron Man origin story is somewhat of a, an antidote to those movies. Mm. In that Tony Stark embraces the character, he's flamboyant. Yeah, the movies I mean, are fun instead of he's dour. the antithesis of Bruce Wayne. You've exactly, got, you've got these two billionaire uh, geniuses who create character suits and alter egos to 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 fight to fight crime. But that's where it kind of starts that's, and stops, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, and and casting and you know uh, a bit of behind the scenes stuff here. Robert Downey Jr. before getting the Iron Man gig was in a bit of a lull, it, you know, yeah. career lull to put it politely. John Favreau had to really push. To get it, you know, he really wanted him as Iron Man. Downey Jr. wanted the part. I bet he did. He could, I mean, he just, I mean, I think he was in Wigan at the time. I don't know. <laughs> Half the time, you don't really feel like he's acting so much. It's very. I th- the and line between Downey Jr. and Tony Stark is. Uh, and that's always one where it's kind of like, there's, it's blurry, isn't it? Mm. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think it's even more emphasised, and no doubt we'll talk about this later on, it's even more emphasised in Iron Man 2. Whereas, like, I don't know where <laughs> one begins and the other one ends. But you're right, he, yeah. he's perfectly cast. Yeah. yeah, you don't see that again until Chris Hemsworth as Thor, who I think is Thor. Yeah. Um, really. But anyway. I think Thor plays Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's human alter ego. <laughs> so, yeah, just a, just, a, just a great kind of. I hate to say, I mean, I, I feel like I say roller coaster of a ride sometimes. But it is, though, isn't it? It's, that, it's everything you want from a kind of pre summer blockbuster. Like, it came out in May. Sunshine yeah. and outside. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Like and it's fun to fun. watch. It's fun to watch. It. Robert Downey Jr. has such charisma on screen. Um, and I mean, I, I found out later that that when they started filming, a lot of the script hadn't been written. So a lot of the stuff on set is improvised. Oh, really? Uh, Jeff Bridges described it as being in a in a in a twenty million dollar student film. He's brilliant, he, isn't he? Because he? he was very unaccustomed to not having a script. The way Bridges works is he likes to learn his lines. He's an actor. He goes and he learns his lines. He learns his lines to a T. You know, he wants to get them. And does he absolutely form a perfect. character and then try and embody that character as well, Dan? I know that's kind of a. That's new... what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I think Jared um, Leto's trying to. Point so he it comes out. on board, and you know, he's already like this. They've already gone. Oh, Jeff, do you want to come do this superhero film like that? And it, Led yeah. out the window. <laughs> yeah. He was walking along. Yeah. Oi, Jeff. He goes. Yeah, you know what? I've always wanted to shave my head, so I'll do it. Yeah. And then like, oh, by the way, there's no script, so you just kind of riff. <laughs> this Perfect. Is Jeff Bridges are talking about, and he, but he was like, you know what? Once you did he win Best Actor that year for Crazy Heart, or was that maybe the year after? I think that might be the around that same did. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the first. I mean, this and this is a great example actually of, of, I mean, just very high caliber actors turning up and spouting superhero nonsense in Marvel films. I mean, they got you know they got Sir Anthony Hopkins as Odin, and you know you got Ben Kingsley turns up in another. Uh, another Iron Man, Iron Man three as a villain um, in a wonderful part. Uh, you know, it. It's just who else? I mean, it's just just. I love, I love his name, Obad Obadiah Stane. Yeah, great name. Um, he does. He, uh, when I said to you earlier about the idea of this being a template for the films, uh, and this is definitely something we'll talk about in terms of Infinity War as well, is that there, there's a lot of, a lot of criticism has been levelled at the studio over the decade of mm. not being able to provide substantial enough villains or very samey villains. Now, I like Obadiah, and I think Jeff Bridges has clearly a ball playing here. Yes, I mean, I think it's a shame 
But he encapsulates the excesses of the, the worst excesses of both the villain criticisms, which is that villains are either men in suits, dick, <laughs> yes. or slightly enhanced versions of the character, which also gets a tick in the finale, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, no, that does happen a lot. I think it's a shame Obadiah uh, meets a, 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 grisly, a end. grisly end at the, in the film because I think he would be. Um, I mean, that's the other problem with Marvel films. You know, outside of outside of Loki, they've never really had any staying power. No, um, which is odd. Tom really. Hiddleston has sex appeal basically, which I think has kept him in the yeah. in the game. And Loki is a very charismatic villain, isn't he? But, but it, it, you're right for a, for a film franchise that prides itself on creating a living, breathing universe. Yes. There's so many of them dead by the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but, but Iron Man is kind of, this is where, this is the sort of the seed of it all, you know, and I mean, I mean that in kind of, you talk about the template there and which, which for better or worse is used a lot over the next decade. I'd forgotten that uh, this is where Greg first makes his appearance as Agent Coulson, beloved Agent Coulson. Talking with endless jokes throughout the film about who he works for and how strategic, got to try strategic homeland, uh, you know, what was it strategic homeland department of something, know, something. logistics, shield division. basically, yeah, yeah, and they say, oh, that's a bit of a mouthful. He says, well, we're working on it, and at the end, he's like, just call a shield, and you think, oh, I mean, that's that's a wonderful moment to see now. Uh, look back in retrospect and be like, oh yeah, because it was yeah. all there. You know, it was all there all the time. You know, and then but everything that makes these movies is in John Favreau's Iron Man, though. Like the witty dialogue, yeah. the larger-than-life characters, that flamboyance, the fun, but also Captain America's shield, the Captain America's shield, <laughs> but also the stinger. No yes, one knew we... what a post-credit sequence was when I went to see Iron Man. Oh, yeah. I didn't wait Changed for the stinger. The game. Changed the game. I didn't wait for the stinger. I didn't even know it was. You going know, they on. filmed apparently about I think there was something like three minutes worth of dialogue between. Fury and Stark oh, really? in that final scene, and they filmed everything, and they kept it. You know, the skeleton crew didn't. You know, they didn't talk about the, the reason. So many people missed the post-credit scenes. So they didn't talk about they didn't it. Talk about it. Yeah, because it wasn't a thing, um, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't included in any preview screenings. It was only put out in the in the general release, and then you only get like it's what like it's less than a minute. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just him walking out the and shadows. He just says, "I want to talk to you about, about the, event, the Avengers you know? Initiative." And it's, and, you, and people think, "Oh my God, there's there's Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury." You know, bear in mind this is around the time that the Ultimate Comics had kind of basically based Samuel Nick Jackson. Fury on Samuel L. Jackson. It was a there was a wonderful moment, and that kind of yeah that laid the it lays so much groundwork and does it in an effortless way. Which I think most of those Wave One films do, don't they? The way that they connect to each other, it doesn't feel money grabbing. It does no. feel kind of like nerdy little Easter eggs. No. Oh, there's that there, there's that there. It, it works really really nicely together. They do, which but I'm they're sure very good. About. They're very good origin films. You don't feel like you just saw a lot of setup, and there's no, and that's what I like about Iron Man is it's not bogged down. You said before we start basically in media res, don't we? Mm. He's in Afghanistan. They get attacked almost immediately, and there feel feels like there's stakes at the beginning. Like the the people that he's talking to, and he shares that selfie. I think before it was actually known as the selfie, even yes, they're murdered almost instantaneously. He's dragged to this horrendous cave with as you know these. Quite obvious, like Taliban, like style yep. terrorists. Yep. That poor doctor, Jensen. Uh, Jensen, who comes back in Iron Man three very briefly, doesn't he? Yes, that for that rather cameo. terrible joke about. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> it starts off so quickly. So, like, we do get the origin, but we get the origin via this pacey story yes. rather than endless exposition. Which There's I a very clever nice. exposition scene at the beginning because obviously they flash back, don't they? Just after he, you know, after he's left lying in the sand, they they flash back to sort of is it like it's thirty six hours before and. There's a 
there's a benefit in his honour or something. He's getting an award, and mm. it's, a, it's a very good way of you know, a very good way of doing exposition because very quickly it's just this montage of here's his life. This is Tony Stark, by the way. Yeah, uh, here's now, a flavour. Here's a flavour. Now let's move on. Yeah, and, and you you know exactly. Um, you know, and then there's the scene with uh, with Christy Neverhart, the journalist, and it, you just within you, you're five minutes into the film, and you know exactly what everything. It's is. just got tremendous pace, um, and you know, Obadiah Stane is obviously is obviously evil from the off. Well, you know, smoking he's, the cigar, yeah. Dad. <laughs> yes, he's bald, he's bald and with a cigar. He's clearly the villain. Yeah, um, and it's tremendous fun. Yeah. The, the, but I mean, you know, as as with a lot of Marvel films, as you say, there's that template. The plot is a little bit paper thin you know you could really you know you, you start pitching sneeze and sneeze and the whole thing falls apart my you know case in point uh, watching it again I always you know I was just thinking the whole time they could have solved a lot of problems these terrorists if they just had a terrorist in the room with him mm. the whole the whole conceit that he managed to build the first Iron Man suit the Mark 1 suit but they're watching him. It, like they're watching him. They're yeah. quite clearly watching they're, him. They're watching television. him on video link, and at points he's like he he's obviously he's quite clearly not building a missile. Yeah, and he's doing stuff with his back to the cameras, and he's hiding things. But he's actually wearing parts of it at some you know, point. He's very clearly got a, an arc reactor in his chest, <laughs> and and at no point do these terrorists say maybe we should just keep. You know, maybe one of us should just sit in here for a bit. Yeah. Just to, you know, this video link is all very well and good, but we we should probably... Should we go and investigate you know, that? No. So that it is like... but and it, so it's Don't like, worry, there's a rebel doctor in there with him. Yeah. yeah. He'll, keep, he'll keep things he'll, going. He'll be fine. We murdered his family. Yeah. I'm sure there's has no, no re- there. He has no reason to undermine us. Yeah. Um, and that kind of feels like a, a slight... It, it, it does, you know, it's a conceit for the purposes of getting the plot along. He needs to be able to build the suit to escape to cut, you know, then feel like I'm going to build more of these and be, uh, be Iron, Iron Man. Man. Um, and you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop Stark Industries from selling any more weapons, etc. Um, so there's that. And then Obadiah Stane sort of manages to get away with quite an awful lot without being, you know, held accountable. Held accountable, and then somehow. Very quickly builds um, Iron Monk, the Ironmonger suit uh, again with very little explanation as to how mm. um, it, it, he he sneaks quietly around that room when, yeah. when the shield well, agents like. <laughs> well, I think that most of the time, Dan, he's got his back to the camera, so like that's fantastic mm. camouflage there. Yes, I think that's what Bond does. I'm not yeah. sure. And how he hides in that room at the end, where you know, I mean, you get a great, you get that great reveal where Pepper po- Gwyneth Paltrow's Gwyneth Paltrow's in this film. Um, I, I think that every movie. Marvel film she's in, though, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. including Infinity War. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, she's still knocking about. Paltrow, Jesus. Um, no slight. To, no, no, that's not a slight on Gwyneth Paltrow. It's just again that 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 um, the very you know the very reason I'm surprised that Jeff Bridges is in there. You have got these very unexpected actors popping up in these films. You would yeah. never think they'd be there. But anyway, yeah, so there's a few... Well, Paltrow never gets anything to do, though, in these movies. Uh, yeah, like, the amount of time she's been in these movies, she's never, ever got anything outside... Just gets to sort of shout Tony a lot. Yeah, and, and occasionally wear a suit that he controls. <laughs> what a metaphor in this day and age. <laughs> anyway, but let's move on. We've been talking a lot about Let's that. talk Infinity let's, War. Let's talk Infinity War. So spoilers ahead. More spoilers ahead. Yeah, loads of spoilers. Um, Iron Man sets the, you know, plants the seed... Infinity War is is the is the tree the the mighty oak the beanstalk the beanstalk, which which um, soon gets hacked down. Yes. Uh, so, this very much is, I mean, it ticks a lot of boxes. I'm, I will say straight away, I 
very much enjoyed this film. Yeah, I, this is a film that I mean, this is a film made for the fans, isn't it? This is a movie that if every enjoyed, fan wanted. If you've been following these films for the last decade, you're not going to be disappointed. I don't think anyone could be disappointed with this film. No, I think I think you've got to go out of your way to not enjoy this movie. Mm. Like it's a thoroughly it it's kind of what you've come to expect from the Marvel movies, which is a, you know two and a half two and a half hours or slightly longer for this particular one of just solid entertainment. Yeah, and that's what it delivers. Yes, yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't let up. Everything that you want this movie to be, it is, and a little bit more mm. from my perspective, anyway. I I mean I I I, I loved every. Every minute, which is not normal for me in these these films that last more no, than two and, hours. No, and I'll say that I, I came... <laughs> yeah, we've got a bed to get to, Dan. I, I have. No, I was get, cutting in my afternoon nap. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but I managed you probably got one in uh, halfway through, didn't you? <laughs> but I say that as well, is that my... Just wake what, me up when they're in my hand. <laughs> just an usher brooming you out at the end. Um, I, I would say that my my tolerance level for the Marvel films, whilst their universal appeal seems to have expanded, my tolerance level has seemed to be diminished. Mm. So for, for context, and as, as I say, I'm sure we'll mention this slightly later as well, for context, like we saw Thor Ragnarok, we reviewed Thor Ragnarok together, yes. and I think both of us were like, it was it was okay. Like it was, it was entertaining, but there wasn't that much jeopardy to it. Right, Black Panther, I enjoyed. I didn't, I didn't go mad for Black Panther. I liked Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming, but then before that with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, volume 2, I still think that's like a mediocre movie. Mm. So although I was really, really rapidly excited for Infinity War, I do feel like my kind of tolerance levels for the films have somewhat waned. But this still managed to, yes. to I mean, reignite I mean, my sense of excitement. I was... I was I... Was excited in spite of myself. I think I was. I you know. I, That's a nice I've way been, of putting it. I've been saying for a long time, as you know, that I, I'm getting a little bit fatigued by all these films. We talked about the template earlier of Iron Man. I the te- the template's there throughout. It, you know, we it, it, Black Panther is good. Still follows that template. Yeah, Doctor Strange basically is you know, a mystical I've, remake. Isn't I keep it, forgetting they made Doctor Strange. Um, but that's because it is, it's Iron Man, but with Inception <laughs> um, graphics. Yeah, yeah, and you, all these things they follow the same thing. All these dispensable villains, um, which of course they have to be because it's all building up to Thanos. Yeah. And the um, fact that they're trying to avoid the Duse Machina whilst consistently going back to this narrative trope of something falling out of the sky. It's like, come on, we've, we've done um, 18 of these bloody movies. Yes, I mean, this time it's a moon, isn't it? A moon comes, a out, moon of comes out of the sky. A moon comes out of the sky, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Dragged out by Thanos. But, um, but this, film, this film kind of, sort of, breaks the mould. Yeah, I, to I, would, I would agree with that. Um, I think it's very conscious the stakes, of the criticism. The stakes are suddenly are so much higher. Right from the the sort of uh, prologue bit at the beginning, um, on the Thanos has, has come aboard. Thanos has found the uh, Asgardians who left at the end of uh, Ragnarok has decimated presumably entire people. Yeah. Um, well, Xandar is already being like blown to Xandar off screen the movie. Yeah, Xandar is by, is 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 you know, poor poor Glenn Close. I was going to um, say. Poor, I mean, I don't think she would have wanted to do another film anyway, but. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I quite enjoyed John C. Riley being part of the Marvel's cinematic universe. Yeah, presumably he... no longer. Well, that's um, it. We don't know what's happened to them. No, really. I assume that they're dead. Yeah, if Thanos went there, I mean, if if the Asgardian ship is anything to go by, well, that's the first thing that you see is you have this kind of fantastic, fantastically sinister 
and somewhat cliche monologue being delivered by Ebony Moore. Yes. Great character. I love it. He Those freaked the hell out of me. Uh, what are they? The Mid- Midnights? The Black Order. The Black Order, that's it, yeah. Um, and he's delivering this kind of really creepy, like, even in death you become children of Thanos. Yeah. Sounding quite a lot like General Hux in, in Star Wars. My yes. friend both times had to be talked out of the fact that I wasn't double Gleason. No, no, it's not. But he's delivering this wonderfully sinister thing. And as you say, you're seeing all these Asgardian families who've just survived I mean, the just, apocalypse. I know, what a terrible... For crying out loud. I felt a bit... It did feel a bit like, oh, come on, guys. They've literally jumped from... Can't catch a break. Yeah, and they're, 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 we're, we are stepping over their bodies, aren't we, as the film begins. Yes, it's a very dark beginning. So right from the beginning, right, you're right. like... And then you, you get literally... When the, I mean, this is the first, what, three, five minutes of the film, maybe less? F- first five minutes of the movie is the two, of Asgard. You've got you've got all those extras dead. Then you've got two vital characters, two beloved, previously Marvel beloved characters. Marvel characters, snuffed out with very little fanfare at all. Blink of an eye. They both, you know, they both carry out these heroic, quite Sacrifices. important acts before before being, you know, before getting done in. But it it's there's no, you know, I think I mean I I I, I was you know I mean I sort of saw. One of them coming, at least. It's a bold statement from the film right from the get-go, though, isn't it? Like, well, I mean, that, that's literally like, well, that's the Russo saying, this is what it, this is, what it is now. Time for it, guys. Uh, we're going to spoil this now because I need to make this point. Okay, so, honestly, last chance. Okay? Right, so when Loki dies... What? <laughs> there's a diminishing or an already dwindling listenership. Oh. Like, I can't believe this. But when Lo- Loki is killed in, in incredibly macabre, Circumstances. Yes. The other one is Heimdall, by the way. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Let me see on screen. I thought we may as well. Yeah. Final stamp to the skull there. As he has his lifeless body is flung aside, Thanos turns around, basically to the viewer, and says, "This time, no resurrection." And you're like, "Wow, yeah. that's bold!" Like for a, for a character to die so quickly, and and he he chokes him to death. But I think you do hear his like neck snap. It, it's not nice. It's a horrible he goes, death. He goes purple. He goes purple. His eyes are bulging. It's a lot for a twelve eight. I'm sure people will, will talk about yeah. the the extent and of it. Thor is there. He's been muzzled by Ebony he's forced Moore to watch. previously, and he's yeah. forced to watch and can't you know he can't say anything or, or yeah. He's, I to- mean, he's totally. Someone pointed out the other day, that the last thing Thor actually gets to say to Loki is, you're the worst brother. You're the worst brother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat um, fitting in their relationship. But know, from the, that image, and then like I'm sure we'll talk about some of the ones later on, there is this kind of haunting shadow over Infinity War. So you've still got this kind of cracking Marvel-esque, Whedon-style bickering and all of that yes, kind of stuff that's yes. going on, and the, and the buzzy kind of dialogue. But there is this kind of like bleak shadow that hangs over the universe in the form of Thanos, like, it feels more grown up, this movie. Well, I mean, for the very fact, I mean, so, so few of our heroes die and stay dead in Marvel. Mm. You know, we've already seen Loki supposedly die. <laughs> Come back um, more than Christ, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Groot has re- I mean, Groot is dead, but... But we've got but a new Groot. We've got a new Groot. Ostensibly the, the same, same character. character uh, who has, you know, has grown back uh, in, in, in previous films. Um, I can't think of anyone else who's actually... Coulson, but then Coulson has also well, Coulson now lives again show. in yeah. television. Uh, you know, so there's never the, the, the stakes. As I say, that you know, it's always been the stakes aren't high. They're neutered, aren't they? The as stakes. I say, one another another problem, I guess, with this kind of churning out of films and 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 templates and stuff is that you know, obviously, they Disney announces their slate very early on, and if if such and such a character is in a sequel. Like, right. Or is getting their standalone film coming up? It's like, well, they're probably going to be fine then, aren't they? Yeah. Um, 
so again, you're just sat there going, well, these people are, you know, we know they're signed on for another film, so, you know, yeah, sure, they look like they're in danger now, but they'll probably pull They'll through. probably be fine. Wiping out Loki and Heimdall right then at the beginning with very, you know... In the with, first with, with scene. Little, with little care or, or, you know, you expect... I, you know, I think I always expect... I, I was expecting Loki to go, I suppose, but I was expecting perhaps... But not in the first five minutes of the movie. Some big grandiose moment and you you said before like that they both kind of have their like sacrificing moments it and loki's is but it's not the grand operatic one that no. i thought it would be like it's a moment basically. of redemption though yeah it is a moment but of a, redemption but, but not one but that's not, so orchestral the, i mean and i think that's a great move on the Russo's definitely part, to be like yeah well that's thanos he's going around this is and it, and then you'll just sat this there, man means business you'll just sat there for the rest of the film thinking well who the hell's next i mean th- I mean, I know they've got to manage this, this many actors in one film. Maybe they're just going to kill them all off one at a time so they can they can become more manageable. It's such a superb scene because, as you said, it undercuts expectations. It kills off beloved characters and it sets up Thanos as a villain that has been worthy of a six-year wait. And that was my big thing about Thanos is like mm. we, we have all, if you've been on this Marvel train as we all have for a decade, we've forgiven some really, really bad villains, okay? Because we're like, it doesn't matter Right, Hela is wasted in Thor Ragnarok, but it doesn't matter because we've still got Thanos coming. If he was as kind of bland as everyone else, it would have cheated us. Yeah, but he doesn't. And I would say that I don't know if you want to talk about this right now, but like Josh Brolin throws everything up on. The I want to say I, I was going to say actually, you know, while we're talking about Thanos, and you've you, you've touched on it there, he's so good. Fantastic and he's very much, villain. very much the main character of, of Infinity. And that's a masterstroke. He probably. Actually. I mean, I didn't do any of the calculations because I was enjoying the film. But I'd, I'd wager that he probably has more screen time than most of the other characters. I read beforehand from the Russo brothers, and I was trying to work out today when I rewatched it if it actually did stand up. Because you know, you get all of this guff that comes out mm. of the pre. You know, mm. when they people were kind of getting to the point where you know Benedict Cumberbatch was like, "This is an epic movie," and that became a new segment. Uh, like people were writing that article that yeah. a man who's in a movie that is about to come out has said is a really, really big movie. Uh, they said that the characters who have the most screen time is Thanos and Thor. And I wouldn't be surprised to find that that is actually correct. Yeah, no, that's probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yes, and Thor has a great arc. I think Thor the is the MVP of um, this, like him and Thanos. Like of all of the heroes, Thor, I think... Has the, has the I mean, it suddenly gets incredibly personal for Thor, doesn't it? At mm. the very beginning, you know, he, he vows that he's going to kill Thanos for killing Loki, um, and then he goes on, you know, he goes on this great, um, he goes on his little. I mean, what's very clever, obviously, in this film, and I think it was inevitable, they break everyone up, so everyone's off doing their own little thing, and it doesn't Almost feel like side quests, aren't it they? It doesn't feel, and it, that helps in making it not feel like the whole thing is everyone's being crammed into every little bit. Of, I mean, there's one bit um, right at the very beginning with um, with Wong. Where you know uh, they fight, Ebony Moore comes to comes to New York. He fights Iron Man. Do you know what that fight. poor city? <sighs> There's an entire universe, but it's always that always city. Always Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. <laughs> Ebony Moore versus Iron Man, uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, and, and Bruce not turning into the Hulk. Um, oh, and Spider Man turns up, and Wong is there, and they're fighting away, and then then Ebony Moore kidnaps Strange because he's got the Time Stone. Of course. And then this is just why a straight, you know, obviously there's a bit where they're, you know, it's like, well, we don't need Wong anymore. What else is he going to do in this film? So he like does his, you know, makes a portal and says, I've got to get back to the, the citadel to the, or whatever you know, it is. To the sanctum. Yeah, the sanctum. To, you know, sanctum's it. now unguarded. I'll be off. Yep. See you later. What about your friend? Don't about- worry about him. It's all right. And Iron Man's going after him. And he's gone. And then Wong's gone for the rest of the film. 
which is which is fine. But I mean, that's one. I mean, you know, that's the, they had to do that. But everyone kind of gets their side quest. Everyone, you know, and everyone kind Iron of gets Man, their own moment. Don't Iron they? Man and Spider Man have their thing. They go to Titan and they meet some of the Guardians. Thor goes off with uh, Rocket and Groot, which is a great um, pairing, triumvirate. triumvirate of characters there. And there's this one that wonderful moment on the um, on the, uh, the, the the galactic forge. Where where his um, his new axe gets made, yeah, and, Stormbreaker, and you want you know Groot steps up, and, of course, and creates you know, the handle, and, doesn't he? The and there's those it. lovely and little then, unifying moments, aren't there? Actually, I mean, this is the thing: it's a great overall film, but it's also, I mean, they get the and one of the great things about the Marvel films is those moments, but there are some real moments in this which give you a, just a bit of a buzz, a bit of a lift. When one of those is Thor and Groot and Rocket. Appearing on the battlefield in Wakanda. Of Wakanda, and, and you know, and another moment is when Captain America appears. And they're my that, two. That it's funny Avengers you said that. Music, you know. Those are my two favorite moments of these movies. The mm. the one where Captain America walks out of the shadows, yeah. and he's en- and is he enters enters well, the, the film to the, to the Avengers theme. The, yeah. To the Avengers theme, and do, then when do, do, Wakanda, do, do, do. everyone starts to kind of be like they're decompressed. You know, they're, they're, being, they're vastly outnumbered. What's going to happen? Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, the God of Thunder the turns God up with two Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're just there like, so, yes! Yes, and it's an amazing shot, and you're there going, yeah, this is, you know, this is going to be the turning of the tide. Um, of course, it, it isn't. Um, uh, but for a moment, it is, moment. and we still have that and moment. Yeah, and, and those are great moments, and they're, you know, they're, they're, it's the, I mean, it's just very, I mean, it's very well done. I think on everyone but, involved, and I, I, I agree. And I think that what people are forgetting about this movie is that it is a feat of engineering to have got all of these egos and characters. Yes, and yes, some characters have more screen time than others because they're more pivotal towards the plot. But I think every single character that you love has at least a big moment. Everyone does. Yes. Not some, everyone has equal. Yeah. Yeah, some more than no, others. Some more than others. Um, I think people are also forgetting that this is. I, I know that they've said it isn't. But this is part one. Like we've got another movie that is going to be part it two. It does feel very much this. like a part one. Um, Absolutely. But what an ending! I, I mean, I'm very aware of the time, so I just want to sort of wrap us up to the end. I mean, that sure. ending of the film. Mm. Um, it had to end that way, of course. Thanos has to get. The, but it's that word I come back to: a haunting film. This movie, I think, has a, has more than one haunting image, and it's bookended by the sense of just bleak, yeah, bleakness, now? horror. What do These we do are now? horror moments yeah. in in the Marvel pantheon. Marvel films always nearly end up with almost like you kind of being kicked into the gift shop. You feel like you've been nourished. You come out with a big smile on your face. The, the heroes have managed to triumph. You walk out of this one in just stoic silence. Yeah, Thanos has triumphed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, remember, I said to my, I said to my brother um, some weeks ago. When we, in You're very keen to put this in document, aren't yes, you? Yes, I think I am. Um, as yes, as I was telling you before recording, um, <laughs> but I, I mean, we were discussing it, and I said it has, to, you know, it has to end with Thanos getting all the Infinity Stones and being triumphant, and I, and I said, and the Avengers have to be scattered to the four winds. I had no idea <laughs> that my phrasing would yeah. be so accurate because, because these these characters are they, they are they dissolve yeah, into half. nothing well, and um, theoretic well not even theoretically the whole half of the entire universe the entire universe which is a vast you know just to think about and then Thanos just goes off to his I know he's got some nice veranda or farm yeah. somewhere sits down as he said he would he'd sit down and and in bask. In the glory of a of a of a grateful universe, and that's what I love. He's about, convinced what he's doing is a good thing, and that's what I love about Thanos is that that righteous purpose that he's endowed with. He isn't mm. that kind of Jeff Bridges cackling, cigar chomping villain which he could have been. Uh, he's nuanced, yeah. And he's, and he's you know 
he's driven by this kind of almost altruistic ideals. Like he think he genuinely believes what he's doing is right. He's not. I don't think he's an evil character, misguided. As yes, as 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 despots normally are. Yeah, but there is there is nothing. This is a man whose full name is Thanos the Mad Titan. The Mad Titan, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is I don't want to do this kind of like it's very much the the the, the uh, ideology du jour, isn't it, to try and find sympathy with the devil? But like th- like Thanos isn't an outwardly evil character. Like he's a character that is. I mean, it, it, the acts that he ultimately commits is one of of intense. Yes. Um, I don't even know what horror, but at the same time, like he's not. All of what he does is for this higher purpose that he genuinely believes he's serving. Yeah. And actually, the evidence well, that he's taught, yeah. cultivated over his like origins, since yeah. his origins, has been one of mm. like well, all all well, of the planets that I've intervened in have actually now prospered because of what I've done. Yeah, he's got a good track record. He's got an excellent um, track record. Thanos twenty twenty <laughs> might end up being that. Trump Thanos. Trump Thanos. <laughs> yeah, Trump Thanos. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going, isn't it? Trump Thanos. <laughs> On that bombshell, because we could talk about this for ages, but we have got the rest of the show to to, yeah. to cram in. Bob's. Uh, I'm going to go for Bob for Iron Man yep. in that it's a really and I, I use this word on purpose because of Infinity War but it's a real plucky movie hmm. it's, a, it, it's charismatic it's charming there's a lot to love it's not absolutely perfect but it's a great summer blockbuster and, and a nice antidote to those kind of darker particularly DC movies where everything's got to be so grim and dark and depressing yes. this has got this kind of firecracker energy to it and like 10 years later it still stands up like you said, like this is the first time you've watched it in ages. My dad watched it on ITV last night and texted me and went, oh, it's a bloody good film. Like, he really thoroughly well, enjoyed got, it. It's got the Bob it's Preston, got the Bob Preston scene of approval, scene of approval 10 years down the line, and it is, you know, it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a fantastically flamboyant start to, to, to something yeah. that would go and change. And really nice to see how Tony, Tony has developed as a character. Definitely. And that's true of none of these characters have stayed the same. No. Which they could For better or worse. Yeah. yeah. He's evolved as a character, which is great. Four Bob as well from me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. For all the reasons you've mentioned. Infinity War. I think it would be rude of me to, to say... any. I, for me, it's a five Bob film, okay? I'm just going to say, it's not just a five Bob film. I think it's my favourite Marvel film to date now because of the ways that, the, the things that we've spoken about. There are a couple of niggly little issues. I think sometimes this kind of Marvel brand of humour sometimes is at odds with yes. the highest I mean, stakes. I will say that the, the, the film... At points where maybe they needed a little bit more gravitas, considering what goes on, mm. um, that sometimes to, to fall back on that, um, the, the Whedon-esque... The Whedon-esque bickering um, kind and, of and, and uh, The and, one-liners and, 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 and things. Of, and indeed, the, no, not to, you know, and uh, James Gunn as well, not to, not to leave him out yeah, of his, yeah. his uh, contribution to the, the wit of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, yeah, there's moments where it's a bit like, mm, okay. Uh, but, yes, you're right. Just because... Just to look at what's been... I think, as I said, that is a feat of engineering. Yeah. Just to see what's been achieved here. by Pulled off by the team, by, by the Russo brothers, by the cast, by, by everyone involved from top to bottom. To, be give, it, to give any of this film anything less than five. Because I, I went and I enjoyed myself. I, you know, I, I whooped and I, and I was devastated by moments. And, and I was genuinely and surprised are, by moments. These are, these, are, these, are, you know, these are superheroes in costumes. It, you know, it's a it's popcorn fair, but you know you're sat, you're really invested in it. 
I think that the, the, the mark of, I've said to you before, that my mark of great cinema, um, and this is always the ethos that I come to, it sounds very portentous now, but this is all the ethos that I always do my top ten movies, mm. is that it's movies that will stay with you and linger. And like I've seen this movie twice now, and I'm desperate to go and see it a third time. And I think in ten years' time, I'll still be there like, Infinity War, it was a big deal. Yeah, no, I think we'll be talking about this for years to come, so it absolutely has to be five, Bob. Wow, that's a big, big five bob from Dan as well. I know I didn't do it normally, but I, yeah. I look forward to coming back to this in a year's time when we've seen the second one. Yes. I remember you saying before I mean, about the Last Jedi. Like it'll be interesting to see the yeah. Last Jedi once all of the cards are on the table. I mean, do bear in mind, I once gave. I mean, I gave five stars to Thor, and yeah, and look how that turned out. Which Chris said this in a decade in the waiting. <laughs> I'll say it. yeah. It's been a while, and I mean, this is a bit of a one-off. Yeah. Um, who's keeping score? I am. Yeah. But well, the almanac is nowhere to be seen. I'll remember. It'll be in my head. It's always in my head, Christopher. So, for to... those of you not familiar with the concept of which Chris said this, <laughs> for, for those of you who are not familiar with the English language, I can possibly work out the title. I'm going to present Christopher with a quote <laughs> said by. A famous, I was about to say another famous Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> You're my <laughs> biggest champion, aren't you? You really <laughs> are. I love these go, podcasts. Go. Um, another famous, good lord. What's become of it? It's been a long week. It's been a long week. I'm still, I think part of me is still watching Infinity War as well. <laughs> I give Christopher a quote said by a famous Christopher, and, I, and then I give you three options as to which yeah. Christopher that could be. Um, and sometimes it's a Christopher, sometimes it's a Chris. In some in one case, I think it was a Christine. I yeah. Um, so it, 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 um, the, Christopher's challenge is to try and guess correctly which Chris said actually this. said this. Um, in honour of the Avengers, your mm. three choices today, of course, are Chris Evans, perfect, Chris Pratt, and Chris Hemsworth. Sure. So the quote is: <clears throat> "The internet is a big place where a lot of people can voice their opinions." And my mother chooses to pick fights with random people from all over the world who don't have the nicest things to say about me. Yeah, I didn't say this. This is this, this is, is one of the famous. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a whole subreddit devoted to you. <laughs> <laughs> so say, Run can you say me. the quotation again? I can. I can. The quote is: "The internet is a big place where a lot of people can voice their opinions, and my mother chooses to pick fights with random people from all over the world who don't have the nicest things to say about me." So who said that? Was it Chris Hemsworth? Chris Pratt or Chris Evans? It could be any of them. That's the idea. So Chris Chris Evans, I think, is a poster boy for uh, the sense. You know, he's the kind of bloke that I reckon that most most women want to bring home to their to their mums. Like <laughs> he's got, you know, he's he's handsome, he's tall, he's broad, but he's got that kind of. I mean, Captain America. I'm talking about here. He's got that kind of moral compass. He, yes. Captain America would look after you, and Chris <laughs> Evans. To I mean, if you follow his Twitter account, I was going to say he, I do, he pretty much is. He Captain seems America, to be yeah. Captain America. He'll take on he? Trump, Thanos in 2020. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be there with that resplendent beard of his. But even now, like I don't know if you've seen him. He's had a shave, and he's got this kind of uh, this very specific. Yes, I don't know if that's a. Is that, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's for a role. I hope it's or for a role. <laughs> statement that he's making. I hope it's for a role. But he um, he he looks like that quintessential kind of sensitive uh, boy who's probably got an excellent relationship with his mother. And so I can quite honestly imagine him being open enough to turn around and say his mum is Bucky Barnes on the internet <laughs> yeah. for him. Uh, Hemsworth and Pratt have both got those very charismatic, comedic, 
like they're both very funny people. Both they're the, mm. the characters they play, but if you see them um, being interviewed, they both have that kind of irreverent wit yes. about them, and I can imagine both of them making that comment. So, the internet's a big place, but my mum spends most of her time just picking fights. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, I'm going to knock out Evans. Okay, I'm going to knock out Evans because I think it's one of those things where it's it's part of the the, la- the latter two's comedic personality, that kind of witty. Yes, uh, I mean, I'm probably not giving it the right deliverance. So <laughs> there is a somewhat Shakespearean uh, execution to what you've yeah. said, which may mean Hemsworth if we're thinking Thor. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with the most outwardly comedic, the one that has the most comedic sensibilities, which is Mr. Chris Pratt. Let's go for him. I'm glad you said Chris Pratt. Because I'm wrong. Yes. Okay. It's Chris Evans. Really? Yes. It was Chris Evans. It was Evans all along. It was Evans all I along. I should have time. gone with my initial gut instinct of him having that kind Always of sensitive relationship. If there's, a, if there's one thing this game has taught us, Dad, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you play, you play the um, which Chris said this or you die. I mean, you're you? lucky. I mean, I nearly went with... There was one, there was one quote from, from Chris Evans which basically said something on the lines... Well, it might have been Hemsworth. It said something on the lines of, you know... Everyone wants to play a superhero as a kid, but now I get to do it. And I thought, I can't give them that because that literally That's could literally be every, any, all three every, of them. <laughs> yeah. every um, uh, you couldn't even remember who said that question. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it mean any of them. So Chris Evans. Well, God bless him. He's, yeah. he's earned that. And this yeah. one goes out to him and his mum. I hope you played along as well at home, kids. Uh, join us for next Join us at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge. Chris. Challenge. Dan. Yeah, I love that. That's where we come together. I think it's, it's nice the only one joint. we do. The only one we it? do together, yes. yeah. Absolutely. And, and so, with good cause. And with good cause, indeed. A, a reminder. So uh, every now and then we set each other challenges, um, and they're usually quite dastardly, Dan. I said that beforehand, didn't you did, I? You did, you did. And my dastardly challenge, Dan's oh, one, most a, recent one to me was, this time. Uh, to watch all four Scorpion Kings. And that was news to me and that I didn't actually know there were four <laughs> Scorpion Kings. That I mean, that was a devastating blow anyway to have to sit through four of these things. Um, well, I don't so much care about Infinity War, it's more Arkham Asylum, I think. So in Retribution, as always, these things seem to be, they're, they're bloody with revenge, aren't they? Oh, it's, it's endless it's tit for tat. more vicious as every... <laughs> if ever there was a cause like. against an eye for an eye, Dan, honestly. Anyway, so I said to Dan a couple of podcasts ago, I want you to sit and watch through the meme-worthy, and I'll be honest, that's the only knowledge I have cultivated is from memes. Hmm. 1990s Captain America. So, Dan, the floor is yours. So, I found a version I found a version of this online, in full, which is great. Fantastic. Um, which made it a lot easier to, to digest. Scarlet Witch hasn't blown all of them up, then. Immediate thoughts. This fucking film. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> this, I think that was the tagline in This film yeah. is, is not good. Right, okay. Um, it's made on a budget of $10 million. Okay. It, it it clawed back $10,000. Wow. If Wikipedia is to be believed. It never got a release in the US, just international. So Captain America yeah. never came out in the, the United States Cap- of America. The first live-action Captain America film. I think it's the first live-action one. I think so, too. Bit, first, like, you know, I think Marvel were heavily involved. Stan Lee is an executive producer. On record saying, this film is great. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it, Stan Lee is a terrible judge of character. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we start off in 1936. The uh, the Italian uh, armed force, you know, members of the Italian army working the Nazis, kidnap this Italian kid, kill his family. They kidnap him. They kidnap him because he's a genius. 
Of course they do. They want to they enroll him into the super soldiers uh, thing that they're working on. So, so far, so, 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 so far, so, so... First event. Yeah. Um, it goes wrong. He's the Red Skull. Right. So, first off, inexplicably, the Red Skull is an Italian man. Yeah. How do they handle that? Is it as xenophobic as it sounds? It's an American man doing... Uh, hey! <laughs> I mean, not, not that it's stereotypical. Yeah. A bit more subtle than that. But <laughs> hey! still, still odd. Like, he's not... I mean, luckily, he's not He's not Johann Schmidt anymore. It's some... Mm. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. It's... Uh, what do they call him? Luigi Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's something like, uh, you know, uh, Tocido de Santos or something, anyway. Um, Benito Schmidt. <laughs> so he... So, so they, they, you see... The first sort of first prologue is, and it's like it's an odd thing. It's like you've got you've got 1936. Sure. DeSantis is kidnapped, turned into the you know experimented on. An Italian doctor, who, the Italian scientist who come up with the soldier serum. So not not um, it's not, not Erskine anymore. It's not the German Erskine. Yeah. This is an Italian woman um, whose whose name escapes me. She escapes. She's very much against it, and then she they try to kill her, and she runs off. We then get a little thing that comes up saying seven years later. And then hopefully also 1945. <laughs> <laughs> in brackets. That's wonderful. <laughs> We're now in America. People just like say, I can't, I, you know, there's such advanced mathematics going on here, I can't like, keep up with this, Bill. That's amazing. We're now in 1943. Um, plus seven, yeah. The that. US, yeah, plus <laughs> The US is... Uh, <laughs> Is 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 looking for volunteers? Mm. Um, they get one in the form of Steve Rogers. Oh, fantastic! To come and do this, uh, to do this thing. Steve Rogers, played by an actor called Matt Salinger, right? Who not, not is JD Salinger's, Salinger's son? Really? Yeah. No he word is... of a lie. JD Salinger's son is Captain America. Holden Caulfield is <laughs> Captain America. Um, Anyway, has we'll he get done to, anything to just, since this? Not a thing. Um, just, I mean, just, <laughs> just as reclusive as his father, I did not. We'll sweep past that inexplicable fact. I couldn't imagine it. being this podcast. We're just sweeping past that. How much are you going to get out of this? Anyway, so, yeah, so JD Sanders' kid is Steve Rogers slash Captain America. They very quickly get through the whole. Like he goes off. He he goes to the secret thing to get Trey. Get you know the, the Italian doctor who escaped a Nazi Italy is now in the US. She has the, you know, she does the thing. It's so far, still, like, this is this is pretty much carbon copy. Is Salinger like underdeveloped in the movie, or is he kind of like? More... No, pretty much the same. Right. They do it during the transformation scene. They have this sort of, they do these weird close-ups of various muscles on his body, which right. get larger through, <laughs> through effects. But I mean, there's no noticeable difference. Okay, he's quite a tall, strapping guy. Yeah, but he doesn't have. I mean, he has no presence to be Captain America. The, 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 his his screen presence, the whole thing is. Yeah. is terrible. You can really see the ten million dollar budget coming through. He he then you know he gets he gets turned into the into Captain America. Nazi spies in the audience. Perfect. He shoots dead the Italian doctor. Secret of the serum dies with her. Richard Armitage. Luckily, she managed to make a fireproof suit for him. Oh, superb. And the shield before she died. Yeah, she's brilliant. Um, why it's fireproof, I don't know. But and there's some comment about how she didn't know much about camouflage. Then some of the American colonel says, "Yeah, but she sure did like the red, white, and blue." And it, and he's there. Oh dear, this is amazing. His hood. I read. I read this. His hood. I mean, because I was looking. I was watching it. I was thinking something is wrong with his ears. The hood on his on his Captain America outfit was so uncomfortable. Apparently, originally it was designed so that his real ears could stick through, as right. Allah the comic book character. Yeah. That was apparently that caused so much chafing that they attached fake. Ears to the costume. 
which are obviously plastic. That was so much easier than making another hood. <laughs> or just stretching it just, slightly. Just stretching it slightly, or, or maybe just been like, you know what, maybe he doesn't need to have his ears on show. Don't worry about it. Let's just have it fully covered. No, they created... Get me those ears! They created fake ears, and they're stuck on the side of this costume. Like, it, it's it's so dark. Like Gary Lineker. <laughs> Brilliant. Um... So he goes off. So he goes off in his first mission. Immediately, he's sent off in his first mission to to def- the, 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 Amer- the Nazis are going to fire a rocket. He goes in. He gets. He infiltrates their base. Super. He confronts the Red Skull, who I'm guessing is supposed to be at this point because the kid was about. I mean, the, he can't be like out of his teens at this point. But it, it's well, very clear. Beginning of the movie. The kid. The Red Skull is a kid when he gets turned into the Red Skull. So, so like, he's what like, kind of age? I mean, he's like seven or eight. Right. So let me plus seven then. So he so must be about fourteen. He's a fourteen-year-old kid being played by a full-grown man. <laughs> It's <laughs> amazing. Um, so, and what's weird is it's very weird having this Italian red skull. Why did they make such specific reference to the age and then go, ah, he's now a bloke? They have a they have a fight. Of course they do. Captain America loses and is strapped to this missile. Oh dear. And you know, and then they have more they have more of a struggle. And Captain America manages to grab hold of the Red Skull's hand and pin him to the missile. So it looks like he's going to be taken up with him. Right. But not before the Red Skull draws out a knife and cuts off not. Captain America's hand. His own, his own yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is amazing. Uh, and then Captain America is shot up on his missile, which is yeah. heading to the White House to kill FDR. Of course. I At the same that. time, I in America. That from A-level history. So down, now, yeah. we're, now we're out of first Avenger territory. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's hurtling on this missile, trying desperately to try and like stop it hitting the White House. At the same time, this little kid, Tom Kimball, very important. Okay. He's out and about wandering the streets of Washington at night Perfect. for something, taking pictures. He takes a picture of the White House and then he sees the missile in the sky. And he's like, whoa, he takes a picture as the thing comes flying down to it should have killed him. Of course. Captain America at this point has managed to use his foot to deflect the missile's trajectory so it, it misses the White House yeah. and, and doesn't kill this small child which it comes within a hair's breadth of hitting um, and, and flies off. And then we get another little caption come from, you know, snowy landscape appears, we get a little caption saying somewhere in Alaska. Fantastic. Plus five. Flies, <laughs> flies into the ice. And then we get another kind of skip forward. Um, <laughs> and we get all these, we got all these new, we got all these newspaper reels coming out, following the life of Tom Kimball, who, who Tom um, Kimball was the kid, the yeah. kid, yeah. So he talks about how he, you know he goes back to his kids, he goes back to his friend's house, says, "I saw this thing happen." And he, they have, he has this pic, grainy picture of Cap. Somehow it takes a decent picture of Captain America on a missile. Anyway, um, the design thing. We skip forward to the 1990s. We're 1993 now, so we're what, 50, we've gone further than the yeah. film. And all these newspapers, and newspapers are basically told the story of Tom Kimball in press cuttings. He's now the president of the United States. Cool he is. He wants to introduce some kind of environmentalist policy, which some industrialists are against because it's all like going green and stuff like that. Red Skull is still alive, but has had extensive plastic surgery and is now he's like on. some kind of attack. He's got a fake hand. But he, he's had his face completely reconstructed, so he's now normal-looking with right. just heavy scarring. Okay. And he's going under the, He's going by a new name, and he's the head of like Berlusconi. He's this head of this crime syndicate in Italy. Berlusconi. Anyway, I feel we're really running low on time. It's mad. How long? He is then this has movie? to. Captain America gets defrauded. Uh, he gets de- uh, defrosted. He he then has to. He, he goes and finds uh, the daughter of his long lost his love from the forties. He, he somehow gets he somehow manages to get to Italy with no passport mm. like there's no indication he, do, he doesn't have any government affiliation he runs out of it he, he gets found by some Alaskan I don't know miners Fisherman. or something he then breaks through of the ice runs off Ned Beatty is in this film this is mad as a journalist who has been investigating various conspiracies and the existence of Captain America for years the Red Skull's daughter is some kind of like 
very glamorous assassin with a team of equally glamorous assassins who spend like a lot of time by a pool in in Italy, and then when they need that to, is they, glamorous. And when they need to, they jump on a private jet to go and track down Captain America. Very glamorous. Captain America has spent like he spends a couple of hours running around. Doesn't <laughs> no one no one seemingly interested in who he is or, or where he is. <laughs> he get, gets to Italy. Um, oh yeah, uh, the Red Skull kidnaps the president um, to. To, to brainwash him and control him, use mind control to control him. Not President Kimball. Yeah. President Kimball gets out. Captain America goes to save President Kimball. There's like a big fight on this Italian fortress. Uh, the Red Skull then has like a bomb which he's going to blow up most of Italy with. That Why? The first time this is mentioned. The, I think American-Italian um, relations must have been at their This set them back at least the 40s. Years. <laughs> this set them back back to the 40s. And then What's that, minus 16? Captain America rather cruelly use, uh, distracts, uh, distracts the Red Skull with a recording of his, his kidnapping and the murder of his family. Oh, right. And then uses his, his shield to, to knock him off the cliff to his death. Captain America? Captain America knocks um, Red, Skull. Red Skull off the cliff. Jesus. And then it ends. So he's a war criminal then. <laughs> yeah, does Geneva know about that? I mean, it, it's just bonkers. And how long is this movie? It's an hour and a half. Really? I thought you were going to say it was about three no, years no, long. No, no, they, they zip point. through it. They, they need to do zip through it. Is things. there a bob or is this um, just unbobbable? I don't, think, I don't think I can bob it. This is unbobbable. This, really. this is only... I would not advise seeing this unless you're like a die-hard Marvel fan. And, and want and to see it as an esoteric... Yeah, a weird kind of curio. Yeah. But it, it's, it, it's mad. Is it bad that you've kind of wet my beak <laughs> to see this movie? You know what? You do you. Go ahead. <laughs> I, mean, I can't... Like, I'm not condoning it. It sounds genius. It sounds like the same. An kind Italian of Red Skull. I cannot emphasize. Hey, Captain Ned, Ned Beatty. It sounds a bit like um, the Captain America version of that Star Wars special thing that we watched a couple of years ago. Do you remember? I can't remember. The I mean, it's special. just. Madness. I, there's an, the actor who played the president said it was one of the best scripts he ever read, and he couldn't understand how they messed it up. I, I'm just so curious as to what script he. That was read. Donald Trump, though, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he went. He went to write those wrongs afterwards. I imagine. It's just incredible. Well, challenge completed. Challenge complete, yeah. Ten years of Marvel. Yes, another we, Ron Seal title. Yeah, well, we, we are going to look at um, the fledging DCEU in this next uh, vignette of a segment. No, of course not. We teased this earlier. We said, we're just going to have a very loose conversation, aren't we, about just the, the sheer audacity of yeah. the cinematic universe and what it's given us in the last ten years. Uh, and I think which is a lot. It's a lot, and the good, uh, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and, and I would say that the first thing to say is just <laughs> the good, the bad, and the Thor, the Dark World, <laughs> <laughs> and not forgetting the Incredible Hulk, of course, as well. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I just think that you can level a lot of criticism at Marvel, and 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 some of it is is well deserved criticism. Yes. These are not bulletproof films, but they have done something truly incredible that is going to have reverberations through cinema, certainly for the rest of our lives. Uh, long after we're dead. Long after we're dead. Like, the identity of Marvel and what they've done has spilled out everywhere. Mm. Even in the way that Star Wars movies are being told and now being influenced by Marvel, DC has had a kind of snatch and grab at trying to jump on the bandwagon. Fox as well. Sony is still doing it. They've, they've done something audacious, something brand new, innovative. Yes. And by God, they've pulled it off. They have, with by a and large, they with have pulled it off. Yes, um, if Infinity War and what we said yeah, is anything as, to as go a with. Kind of, you know, as, as, as the sum of all its parts, it's a very you know. And that's why I think bloody good. And that's why I think is is very clever about the Marvel films. I think my diagnosis as to why the DC films 
are not certainly this one, the DCEU, and I know I'm not trying to make a tribal conversation here. I'm just mentioning this in passing. Is that I think Marvel has realised that these movies are better when they are the sum of all their parts. They're much more enjoyable. These characters are more enjoyable when they're interacting with each other, which I would say is not the truth of the DC films. I actually think the DC DC characters are actually far more enjoyable when they're on their own, doing their own stuff. Whereas yeah. the Marvel films are always, nearly always enhanced by having a, yes. cu- a cluster of them. But together, I mean, as we've said before in previous podcasts, the DC, the, those guys went about it completely the wrong way. It's like they didn't learn anything from what Feige, uh, sorry, what, Feige. Feige, what Kevin Feige and the and his team at Marvel Studios have done. Yeah, they just wanted the the end result without putting the effort yeah. in. I mean, I do feel sorry now for yeah. now that we've watched Infinity War and it's like yeah. setting box office I mean, alike. Yeah. We've got to watch Aquaman in December. Infinity. <laughs> we don't have to. I'm sorry. No, 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 I just feel sorry. Jason Momoa and James yeah. Wan. I'm sure they're doing it out of the you know with the best intentions, but your yeah, your yeah. already hard job has been made a lot harder. I Infinity think. War is the is as we've already said in this in this podcast the culmination of ten years of hard work and graft, mm. and it against all odds as and well. it pays off. Yeah. Um, it's strange to think of it as an underdog story, and yet it kind of is. Like, when Iron Man came out, you said before, and it had, you know, John Favreau last seen as the bloke who tried to date Monica and become an <laughs> MMA fighter or whatever in Friends. Yeah, yeah. Him heralding, you know, this kind of... Well, I mean, I don't I don't want what the polite word to call Robert Downey Jr. at that time is, but he certainly wasn't on his uppers, was he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yes, a man whose career he'd gone through the ring of a dip. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely, a man looking for a comeback. Yeah. And then, as I said, you know, and and, and since then, this, this film universe has gathered together some of our, you know, some of the world's, world's finest, finest finest talent from you know from from rising stars. But it's created people's careers. Career, as well, it's it's it, launched as well as... people's careers. People who you know, up and coming actors, aspiring actors who saw the likes of Iron Man and and Avengers Assemble. And now in the, the Avengers, like, now, sorry, sorry, the Avengers are in Black Panther and 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 Infinity War. And, and I can't wait for. And I said this when Black Panther came out. Actually, I said that Black Panther, like parts of it worked for me, parts of it didn't work for me. But I said that what I was really excited about with Black Panther is the audience reaction. Hmm. I saw that movie twice in cinemas. Once, like just because it came out, and the second time because I rewatched all of the films coming up to Infinity War. And both times, bearing in mind the first one was like either the day or perhaps the day after it came out. The second one is like the last knocking. Like Black Panther is still in the cinemas now. This film came out in February. Yeah. Okay? It's still in cinemas. It's still having this incredibly euphoric communal re- uh, reaction to it. Like, I can't wait to see the movies in 10 years of the kid that sat in Black Panther thinking, the world is my oyster. What can I do? I'm no, inspired. I mean, that, I mean, that is a, I mean, beyond just. Our enjoyment of films and storytelling that that the impact that Black Panther in particular has and will have mm. it, it cannot be underestimated. No, absolutely not, yeah. and nor should it be. Like, and that's what kind of pees me off when when there is a snootiness about these kind of films, aren't there? And I suppose to a certain extent we've been guilty <coughs> of it. I know that sometimes we've tried to avoid talking about them in the podcast so that our podcast isn't saturated with them. Mm. But at the same time, there is such a fantastic consequence to these movies that like I, I can't help but tip my hat to them I, just, like, yeah. I do not begrudge them one penny of the no doubt God knows infinite amount of money that this film is going to make I can't begrudge Marvel it, it is Infinity War 
Your fa- you said you, you think Infinity War is your favourite? Yes, I did actually lead them. I'm, I don't necessarily want to read them all out. No, but I'm curious to know boring. before Infinity War came out, what was your favourite one? Not, 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 I don't, you know, just of all of them. Not, I don't want to hear a lead. The lead down, ages, yeah. But certainly your number one before Infinity War. My favourite movie, uh, my favourite Marvel movie before Infinity War was actually The Avengers, hmm. which I still think. And again, having watched it again just a few weeks ago, I still think that that was a rip-roaring couple of hours. Absolutely. And I remember me and you were talking about, we, we reviewed the Avengers for the for the old radio show, and the whole time that it led up to it, I think you and I were just thinking this was going to be an absolute disaster. We couldn't really fathom how Joss Whedon would be able to balance the film. Uh, we couldn't understand, I mean, God knows what we would have thought of him if Infinity War. Uh, can you, yes. uh, and it yeah. goes to show how strong actually Avengers was, is that it totally silenced us and our, our, our suspicions of, oh, it's not going to be balanced, it's going to be an ego fest, it's going to be a, t- a total car crash. Credit to it. Rip Roaring Two Hours, fantastic blockbuster, timeless, um, yes. and works ostentatiously. Yes, no, I think Avengers is probably my favourite one as well, um, still, after all this time. Yeah. Um, the others are good, but I think if you're going to pick one that really... And that was the first one that sort of... Of course, and that's what I think it, it has is. That, it has its edge, it has the edge, doesn't it, over the rest of it. It was the first one that kind of did that thing. And, never, and I remember, I think I can you know, still recall people talking about it and being like, this isn't, you know, this is mad. All the, you know, this has never been done before. How can it possibly And work? how can it work? How can it be yeah, so spare successful? Spare a thought for Joss Whedon. And it made $1.5 billion at the box office. And people, that was like, people thought that was insane. You know, we're, we're kind of now fairly numb to Marvel success. Whereas six years ago, those people that, like we're excited for it and want, went out for it. We didn't know the Avengers was going to be a sure thing. Yeah. I think most of us went into Infinity War with this kind of general, like, it's going to be good. We know Marvel films are generally speaking very good these days. Yes. We kind of went in there with those high expectations that we, we probably thought were going to be met. But that wasn't the case of the Avengers. No, we walked right. in there with a hope and a prayer, thinking, "Bloody hell! I hope that I hope that these movies can continue after this catastrophe." And the fact that it ended up being so good was just a great, a great feeling. The best thing about these movies is that they've created a universe in which the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, all mm. of these disparate characters actually exist all under. Yeah, like, like actually in the same universe. And you know, you, if you, yeah. So you've got yeah. It's just got it's just odd to me to think that in this universe you've got the likes of Paul Rudd, but also Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, um, you, in this you've you know, got Benedict Cumberbatch you've got and Martin Freeman. Paul Rudd in an Ant Man <laughs> costume who's like robbing um, safes, and you've got uh, Anthony Hopkins who is uh, Odin, who's Odin, the yeah, Allfather, the Allfather. Like, and the fact that they've united though that world. I, I, I it go all back, works. I it shouldn't back. work, but you know, and and, and I think everyone's worried. You know, everyone's thought Doctor Strange wouldn't work because that was too out there. Or the Guardians of the Galaxy when they did that, that was a huge risk because no one, no one people forget read that. the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. But they people forget that. My uh, someone I work with, huge comic nerd. I, yeah. I don't know if he'd want me to say that. But <laughs> you to name it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't unless I end up being caught next week. But he said that when Guardians of the Galaxy was announced. He was in uh, Dublin in a comic book shop. Like he went to, he he's an Irish man, mm. um, and he went into this comic shop in Dublin, and he turned around to his friend and was like, "What the hell are they doing? Like they're going to ruin this universe. Like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like no one reads it. It's this kind of B, you know, like B list tier of, of characters that no one's going to give a toss about. And then that became the movie yes. that everyone loved. But it worked in their favour. I think that very that very no, dismissive certainly right. attitude certainly worked in their favour. Long may it continue. I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, uh, and what what's really cool about this universe is that, the, like the last, I'm not talking about my own personal um, perspective here. It's like generally speaking, they seem to have enhanced a lot. Like they they seem, not, I wouldn't say they care more. 
but the quality seems to have been heightened. You know, we we are getting further and further away from the likes of the Dark World. Yes, and also, I mean, and also, I feel like the the franchise will be fine without the without those four original pillars. You yeah, know, you had you know Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and um, I guess to a lesser extent also Bruce Banner, the whole Black Widow, and Black Widow. You know those guys. You know, I remember people thinking, well, it can't work without them, but they've built up enough now. I think. It's going, you know. I, I can, I think, I'd be fine with it. Civil War certainly suggested that there was a lot more characters that could hold their own and and continue the uh, continue the franchise forward. What do you think that the that Phage and Phage and the lads need to do to, to continue this universe to, to, for for like longevity purposes? What do they need to do? Do you think? Don't get rid of the Russo brothers. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they're <laughs> about to form their own studio, aren't they? I bet um, they're tapping them up for all sorts. I guess just. Keep it risky. I mean, keep, yeah, keep making, keep doing weird things. I mean, Ragnarok, I think, uh, was a little bit of a victim of its own irreverence, but I kind of still respect it for what it did. Yeah, a, a movie that I think they should have as like a new arc reactor, like a te- the new template of the Marvel movies. Yes, Iron Man three. I still think that movie has got everything going for it. I think it's an underrated movie. Get Shane Black back. <laughs> I get getting back and getting going there. I think there's so much to enjoy in that film. I really do. And I hope that they continue this, as you said, like Black Panther, culturally really relevant, but story-wise still very, very samey. I hope that they end up kind of still making these big, weird decisions with $150, $180 million. And let's see if they can break that template a bit more. Right, housekeeping. Don't have a jingle for that. No, never have, never will. Yeah, not really much to say. I don't think there's too many windows broken uh, to sweep up. I hope you enjoyed it. I know that we... This is... Well, I suppose it is a Marvel special of sorts, isn't it? It's been nice to <laughs> kind of dwell on the ten years. Yes, what a t- what a decade. Yeah, and I, and as I say, I'm uh, if if anything, our conversation has only made me even more excited. Once Ant Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel are out of the way, and we're back to the second chapter of this movie, it'll be nice to kind of see how everything ends. I honestly can't wait. I mean, I have a feeling. I, I do feel like Ant Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel are very much going to lay down some groundwork as to how. Avengers Four is going to play out. Yeah, you know, I think we're gonna. I think it, the sort of interdimensional sort of aspect of Ant Man is going to play a big part. Absolutely, Captain Marvel, as we've already been, it's already been teased in the post-credit scene of that uh, of Infinity War. She just hope she isn't that, dust. <laughs> well, I was going to say, would be yeah, the fuck if she is, isn't it? <laughs> what an awful opening <laughs> to the fourth one. Yeah. Like a Samsung just on top of this ash pile. <laughs> um, Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, so I think that will really those two, those two films are being deliberately placed where they are. They are both deliberately set before the events of Infinity War because I think they are going to be big clues in those films as to how Things Avengers wrap up. Wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. The end of. But I mean, I, we're I'm in telling, the end. I feel game. like it's going to be. <laughs> yes, I feel like it's going to be a very long year. It's going to be a hugely long year. Um, join us for the podcast throughout whilst we kind of maintain survival I think in that time next month we're going to be looking at Solo and a really interesting some film old so make sure that you join us then in the interim you can follow the web- go straight to the website www.oneroomwithaview.com if you'd like to email us it's podcast at oneroomwithaview.com you can follow us on Twitter at oneroomwithaview yes, that's numerical, numerical one, one yeah. uh, you can like us on Instagram and Facebook 
at one room with a view. I think that's basically it, Dan. It's I always feel like I kind of forget yeah, everything. No, I think we've ticked it all We've off. pretty much done yeah. it. So join yeah. us next month for uh, Solo, a movie yes. that seemingly no one is looking forward to. Let us know if you end up finding the or, have, or have seen Captain America from the 1990s. I, yeah, because as um, I say, I, I, want it, I want more information on this, but at the moment I feel like <laughs> I'm going to go home and enjoy that movie tonight. Yeah, it's quite something. But until next month. Cheerio. Cheerio.